tonight I want to talk to you about a triumphant voice. A triumphant voice. If you, if you know me, and especially if you knew my brother the way you know me, then you wouldn't have a problem understanding why Chris and Keith are the way they are. I don't look at anything and accept it at face value. I take everything apart. Um, I believe in understanding. It's not enough for me to, to read Scripture and accept it. I want to know who wrote it. I want to know why he wrote it. And who is he writing it to? What was the purpose for the writing? These are the things that I want to know whenever I, I and that's just the way I am. Um, I, I, my brain works in, the, in, in that way. Um, I guess if I would have gone to college like they did, I'd be as smart as they are but I've got more experience than they've got. So, I mean, you know, uh, we'll just leave it at that. But, uh, but anyhow, I, that's just the way my, my brain functions. I've read this particular passage, Psalms 47, on numerous occasions. And I think a lot of times one of the things that we do is we we get lost in the worship or in the praise because it is about praise so let's let's read it and then then we're going to kind of take it apart and uh, and we'll reassemble it before we before we get through it's the chief musician a psalm for the sons of Korah so we'll begin at the first verse it says Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now, now you, if you didn't know what Psalms 47 was, you already have connected the dots now. You know exactly. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us. The excellency of Jacob whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Now often we'll read something like Psalms 47. And we receive the passage or passages as praise. It's praise that the psalmist is giving unto God. And, the, and, and really that's what it is. But I, I want us to see something a little more than just praise tonight. There's more there than just praise. Tonight I want us to look at the words the psalmist uses. And in so doing, I believe Psalms 47 will take on a deeper meaning 
for you and me it will it will as you will it'll come alive and it'll say some things so I want to go back into it and I want to look at it again and again like I said we're going to take it apart and talk about it it started off with oh clap your hands all you people shout unto God with the voice of triumph all right I have to stop right there the first verse is packed there's a lot of stuff there and this is an interesting way to start shout with the voice of triumph just stop and think about that for a minute shout with the voice of triumph triumph is 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 a victory celebration okay shout with the voice of triumph however there's nothing that indicates there was a battle won or lost. In fact, there's nothing to indicate that there was a battle at all. It's just saying, shout with a voice of triumph. This goes to prove the theme of, of Scripture. Our Bible is full of faith-based Scriptures that advocates seeing our victory before it comes. In other words, while in the midst of a struggle, Praise as if the battle is won. I think one of the, the things that has just been that has just been pounded into my mind by the Lord this year is all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And whether it turns out the way we want or, the, or whether it doesn't, and I know I've harped on this and harped on this and harped on this. However, it is extremely true he is always working for our good whether we like it or whether we don't it's still for our good that's why we trust him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding also we're invited to praise even if the battle is lost why because God is our God and he does what is best for us. Israel didn't win every battle they fought. Now there were many battles that, vict that Israel fought that they were, they were victorious in. But the ones that they lost, they lost terribly bad. And usually it was because of sin in the camp because there were issues because they had turned their heart away from God they had they had gone another direction instead of following after the Lord and it was the humbling experience of, of a battle lost that would cause them to turn back to God and in the midst of all of that they praised I, I think about David's life I think about whenever the Ark of the Covenant was coming back to Jerusalem. There is David. The Ark has been at the house of Obed-Edom. And they have got the Ark and they go six paces, build an altar, and sacrifice and celebrate. They celebrate with instruments. They celebrate with their voices. They celebrated in dance. 
and they left that altar and they took six more paces and they built another altar. They didn't pick that one up and move it up there. They built another altar. They're from, from where they started to where they finished. History records that it could have been as a few miles as three to five miles. Some places say it could have been as much as 15 miles. But can you imagine six paces, build an altar, kill a calf, offer sacrifice, burn it totally up. I mean, that's what they had to do. Praise, sing, then build, go six paces and build another altar. It's, it's no wonder that once they entered into the city, David began to dance. Because it was no easy matter to get it from point A to point B. It was, it was, the journey was filled with praise. The journey was filled with, with sacrifice, it was filled with labor and toil because it was, I'm sure there was no, it was no easy thing to build an altar. Furthermore, who was providing all the rocks for the altar? Somebody had to be packing those rocks along or they had to be gathering them from somewhere. So, I mean, when you just begin to stop again and go back to how my mind works, you go back to the logistics of how this happened. No wonder he danced. But when you haven't been involved in the process, when you haven't been involved in the praise, when you haven't been involved in the sacrifice, when you've not been involved in, in the worship and the struggle, then you could be as David's wife who from a upstairs room looked down and looked down her nose I guess you would say at her husband and later ridicule him about some fine king you are you would get out there and you see people that are not the people that are not close to the sacrifice and people that are not worshiping and not praising for the right reasons and when they when you when you don't understand where they come from and where they're headed, sometimes it's easy to point a finger and ridicule. Sometimes it's easy to say, oh, they get a little over-enthusiastic. I used to run from Brother Prince. <laughs> David, you, you remember, walk into that prayer room, I would demonstrate it, but I'd hurt my back again. I just ain't gonna do that. He would literally grab me. Y'all, he was strong. Brother Prince was strong. He would grab me, pick me up off the floor, and then just start jumping across the floor with me, my feet just a dangling. No, I wasn't the only one. He did that to the other 
other young young guys. Now, I, I never saw him do it to Uncle Leland, but I, I you know. There was nobody that prayed, was going to outpraise him. Oh, how many times I was standing in this pulpit and I would look and he would be coming down that aisle and he'd be pointing at me, not at me, but he was emphasizing and he was, whatever he was saying, it was coming out with all of his might. And he was praising God. Yeah, there was probably people, I wish he would sit down and quit making it. You just, you had to know J.W. Prince. You didn't know what he'd gone through and you didn't know what God had saved him from and you didn't know his story and you didn't, you didn't know but if you did know then you would appreciate that there was nothing going to keep him from praising God. So when the verse says shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph it's not waiting for results. It's saying take a position. Whether, whether there's a battle or whether there's not a battle is irrelevant. Whether we have won, whether we have lost is irrelevant. But as for me, I'm going to shout with the voice of triumph. Now I know modern day religion says that we're supposed to be a little more... Um, Yeah, we just we're supposed to kind of just not be so excitable. That's not what scripture. We'll talk more about that in a minute. It's okay when somebody steps in the pulpit and, and they says they use the scripture. Clap your hands, all you people. This is one of Lee, Brother Lee Stone King's favorite scriptures. He step to the pulpit every time clap your hands all ye people shout with the voice of triumph and if you didn't do it well enough he would say let's do it again <laughs> oh I believe he has done more I believe we can do it better well, I almost sound like him Verse 2, for the Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. <laughs> That's just a very short verse, but there are two words in this verse that seem to oppose each other. And they're words used to describe the same Lord. And those two words are terrible and great. The Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. How can our Lord be both terrible and great at the same time? The word terrible is interpreted from the Hebrew word yareh. Yareh. The moral definition here is to revere, to be had in reverence. However, yareh also means in the primitive root to fear. And it also means in the causative to frighten. So there are both that are going on here. There is reverence and there is fear. Which one, which one does he mean? 
How can the same word have two different meanings about the same topic? Well, here it is. It all depends on your position in life. If you're his, then he is to be revered. If you're not his, then he is to be feared. That's what it means. And the psalmist penned that. If you're his, you revere him. If you're not his, then you should fear him. I, I, I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but there was a story told, and it seemed like a preacher, seemed like the preacher that was telling me the story was the one that was engaged in the conversation. And there was this atheist that he was talking to, and the atheist was was making some comments, and and of course the preacher referred to scripture. And the atheist says, well, that doesn't pertain to me because I don't believe in God. And so the preacher looked right back. He said, so I, I have no problem. There's, there's no problem for me because I don't believe in God. He said, that's where you're mistaken. He said, it is your problem. He said, because you don't believe in God does not exempt you from the fact that you're going to deal with this. He said, because God does exist, whether you want to believe it or not. He is terrible, but he is great. The second part of that verse says, he is a great king over all the earth. He is terrible, but he is great. But why is he great? Because everything he does, he does for the inhabitants of the earth. We are forever on his mind. There's scripture after scripture after scripture that tells us how close he wants to be to us. He is great because he is fair and he is just. He is great also because even those that are not his, he loves them the same. He's no respecter of persons. Verses 3 and 4. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. Now understand Isaiah is writing to um, the Hebrew people. Okay? And he's writing as them being God's chosen people so everybody else is less than them I guess you would say he shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet he shall choose our inheritance for us the excellency of Jacob whom he loved Selah Matthew Henry is one of my favorite commentaries this is what he said pertaining to verses 1 through 4 and of course, it's written more in an older fashion, so the wording may seem a little, little strange, but you'll get the point. The God with whom we have to do is a God of awful majesty. The universal and absolute sovereignty of a holy God would be too terrible for us to even think of were it not exercised by his son from a mercy seat. 
that, that's, that's worth reading. Again, the universal and absolute sovereignty of a holy God would be too terrible for us to even for us even to think of were it not exercised by his son from a mercy seat. But now it is only terrible to the workers of iniquity. While his people express confidence and joy and animate each other in serving him, let sinners submit to his authority and accept his salvation. Jesus Christ shall subdue the Gentiles. This is in reference to verse 3. He shall bring them as sheep unto the fold, not for slaughter, but for preservation. He shall subdue their affections and make them a willing people in the day of his power. Also it speaks of his giving them rest and settlement. Apply this spiritually. The Lord himself has undertaken to be the inheritance of his people. The Lord himself has undertaken to be the inheritance of his people. Of course, this is referring to verse 4. It shows the faith and submission of the saints. This is the language of every gracious soul. The Lord shall choose my inheritance for me. He knows what is good for me better than I do. I'm talking about a triumphant voice tonight. I'm talking about our voice being a triumphant voice. But in order for us to have a triumphant voice, we must know why we praise. And our praise cannot simply be because somebody says, why don't we clap our hands into the Lord and give praise? Well, what are you giving praise for? Verses 1 through 4 are good verses for us to live our life by. This is not just another praise chapter in the Bible. Please understand that. The psalmist is giving due praise, but he is also telling us the why of his praise. I feel that our own praise to God would benefit us if we kept in mind his goodness, his greatness, along with all he has blessed us with as we praise do you ever think about that when somebody steps to the pulpit and says why don't we give the Lord praise now are we filling time are we just making a bunch of racket before we all are seated I mean or does something come to your mind and you begin to praise him We've got something to praise for. That's, that tornadic activity came right over Bentley last night. We've got a lot to be pray, to praise for. I've got a lot to, if I, if I say let's praise him right now, that's the first thing in my mind. There were two lives lost yesterday evening up in northwest Louisiana 
Caddo Parish, I believe it was. Mother and her daughter, or mother and her child. Why did God take them and spare us? I have no idea. Because when you see the pictures of, of what went through, I think it's Keithville or something like that. You know, it really didn't, you know, they say you're not safe in a mobile home. Well, the way that looked, it didn't matter whether you was in the mobile home or whether you were in the house. It just obliterated everything. Why, why did God devastate, let it devastate there and not here? You know, those are questions you and I will never have answers for. The only thing I understand is it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So there's going to come time. Herrick and Laura came through and some of you suffered damage. I mean, but there was others that didn't have any damage. Why did you suffer damage and somebody else didn't? That's why it's just important just to give him praise with a triumphant voice because there is plenty that he has spared us from. There, there, there are more things that he has spared us from than things that we know that he has spared us from. Okay, let. Ooh, time's getting away. Somebody moving that clock up. Let's let's read verse five through nine. But I'm going to read them in their entirety. That'll save us a little time. Then I want to read to you what Matthew Henry says about those verses as well. Starting in verse, verse 5, it says, God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Now, those first four, four verses was talking about praise, okay? But now it's talking about how the Lord has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. I think there must be something important here about singing praise. Verse 7, For God is the king of all the earth. Again, sing ye praise. Praises. But how? With understanding. What am I praising him for? God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Here's what Matthew Henry says. Praise is a duty in which we ought to be frequent and abundant but here is a needful rule now listen to this rule sing ye praises with understanding I think that was verse 7 sing ye praises with understanding as those that understand why and for what reason they praise God and what is the meaning of the service it is not an acceptable service if it's not a reasonable service. We are never to forget the end of Messiah's exaltation. 
So continually do the prophets dwell upon the conversion of the nations to the gospel of Christ. Why do we vainly fancy that we belong to him unless the Spirit reign in our hearts by faith? Lord, is it not thy glory and delight to give repentance to Israel and remission of sins? Now that thou art exalted as a prince and a savior, set up thy kingdom in our hearts. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Remember, y'all finding some scriptures there? And so sweetly constrain all the powers and faculties of the souls of thy redeemed and into holy love, fear, and delight in thee that praise with understanding may rise from every heart both here and forever to thee our God praise is not meant to be just a lot of noise I, and I'm, I'm afraid sometimes in our Pentecostal culture that's exactly what it is Before you're seated, let's give praise unto the Lord. The whole purpose of that is before you're seated, let's do something. But I'm afraid if we ever took that and focused on the goodness of God, we would have to, after a while, shut you down and say, we got to bring the word now. It's, it's time to hear from the word. Because when we begin to focus on the goodness of God, and I don't care how long you've lived for it, whether it's been six months or whether it's been 60 years, it makes no difference. You've already experienced the goodness of God. It's not meant to be, praise is not meant to just be a lot of noise. However, it is meant to be a joyful sound with purpose. If our praise has no purpose, in other words, the example I just gave, before you're seated, let's just praise the Lord. If our praise has no purpose or remembrance or thanksgiving, then it is not a joyful sound. It's just noise. It filled a space we clapped our hands. We were able to stretch our legs. All the garments that stuck to our, our legs and, and other places, we were able to shake them loose. And we are able to get comfortable again and be seated and wait for the next thing to happen in church. I, 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 I hope I'm pushing buttons in your mind that the next time we give praise we have reason when was the last time you just got giddy in your praise and thanksgiving to the Lord for his goodness to you I mean I'm just talking about being silly just, got, just, just getting silly 
see, sometimes we don't want to be too, too demonstrative in our praise because somebody's liable to say, I do wish they would sit down. Good Lord, if she recognized, if she knew how crazy she looked, she'd, she'd stop that. But you don't know how God's been good. You, 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 you don't know the lonely midnight hours and, and the prayers and the moanings and the groanings and the intercessory prayer and all of a sudden you're in an atmosphere like this and, and, and just something begins to bubble up inside of you and oh, don't stop it. Don't stop it. I've, I've seen it start with one and and it just begins to slosh over on everybody else until we're all doing it. And don't ever worry about the fact that, well, Brother Bruce hadn't preached yet. If Brother Bruce thinks he's got to preach that day, I can let it go and say, okay, it's time to be seated. God does have something he wants to say today. And I don't have a problem doing that if I feel like that's the will of God. You see, Uncle Leland threw me under the bus many, 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 many times. Because we'd get one of those services going like that, and I'd look over at it, and I'd say, what, you know, like, what you want me to do? And whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> he, left, he, left, he left it up to me. No, he didn't throw me under the bus. He gave me very valuable experience. That's what he did. And I learned to follow the moving of the Spirit. Maybe there's sometimes, there's some things you don't understand why I do what I do. But I never want to walk out of a service thinking I missed what God was trying to do. It's my responsibility to make sure the will of God is done in that service. When was the last time you got giddy? It's got silly. When it is time to clap our hands unto the Lord, then we should clap with all of our might. Let's clap our hands, all everybody, and let's just give the Lord praise. You know, it hurts if I, if I do it like that. In fact, my wife tells me, quit clapping so hard when I'm standing. It hurts my ears because I'm going to... That's me. Clap with all your might. Why? I've been, I've, you know, this weekend, in Handel's Messiah, you did not applaud until the conductor allowed you to applaud. And then when the conductor allowed you to applaud, they didn't want to quit. Everybody just kept applauding. They, they, must, have, they must have done like, five, six songs before there was ever any applause. And then at the end, there was just applause that just kept going and kept going. Why? Because those people that were there were music lovers and they understood the talent that they had just seen demonstrated and they appreciated it and they were, they were applauding the accomplishments of those people. I was lost. 
and he found me. I was blind. I couldn't see. I wasn't what some of you were. But still my story is the same. I was lost without God. But he found me. He put a song in my heart. He gave me something to praise him for. He gave me something to rejoice in. So when it's time to clap your hands, clap your hands. When it is time to shout unto the Lord, then we should shout with a loud voice. But not just a loud voice, but with a voice of triumph. Whether he has met the need or provided the miracle or everything went south and it didn't work out at all, my praise should be just the same. I will shout with the voice of triumph. You see, and I don't want, I don't want to keep saying I, but I've lost enough battles that if I can keep shouting with the voice of triumph, you can too. I've lost my share of battles. There are still battles that I lost that I guess it'll be eternity before I ever understand why. Because I understand the scripture. The scripture said if I would abide in him and I did those things and I thought I was doing it right and but it didn't work out that way oh yeah there's others that he didn't supply the need to and now I understand why grateful for that but you and I will walk into eternity every one of us will walk into eternity with prayers that did not get answered I feel like I have gone through enough of the, the enough of the prayers that didn't get answered that if I can shout with a voice of triumph, you can too. Not that I'm anything special. Whether he has met the need or provided the miracle, my praise should be just the same. Why? Because everything he is doing is on my behalf and it's for my good. So, 7.53, why don't you stand with me? And I've not asked you one time to clap your hands and shout. But I'm going to give you my clothes. And um, Dylan, it's you see it there as an optional close and I feel like that's what I want to do. Do you have Psalms 150 ready? It says this, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Hmm. Praise him for his mighty acts. Maybe those acts weren't even done on your behalf, but just praise him for them. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. 
Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. You know what? There's nothing about that that sounds like what we're supposed to do is, is a quiet reverence. It's just supposed to be radical. In fact, I, I understand there's only 30 minutes of silence in heaven. If you don't like noise, heaven probably won't be for you. <laughs> but you see, the only other option, there's going to be noise there too. Verse 5 says, praise him upon the loud cymbals. <laughs> John Thomas, we could make some racket, couldn't we, with them cymbals. Yeah. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. And I'm going to tell you all something. Where I sat in band, the percussion corps was behind me, and I could not stand that guy that had those cymbals. You know. So I understand when the church says, Brother Bruce, it's just a little bit loud in here. I loved it at the campgrounds back when I used to run sound out there. At about 116 dB, it becomes noise. And you can't distinguish between noise and actual sound. And I have literally sat in the sound booth when it was in the back of the tabernacle and we were hitting 118 and 119 dB and there was no music. It was nothing but the praises of God's people that was just vibrating the rafters. Mm. And I tell them, there's no need in singing. They won't ever hear you. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. But here it is. Everybody take a deep breath. If you succeeded, then let everything that hath breath <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 For all of your goodness to me. For all of your greatness to us as a people. For every blessing, for every blessing, for every family in this place. We praise you for that. We praise you for salvation. We praise you for healing. We praise you for miracles. We praise you for all of the things that you've done. We praise you for the mountaintops. But we praise you in the valley as well because you are a sovereign God. We praise your name. We praise the name of the Lord Jesus. We praise you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
praise you tonight. We praise you tonight. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> you know what a good praise is? Before we go to bed tonight, I will look over at Donna and I will say, I love you. And I will give her a kiss. That's exactly what mine and your praise is like. Is letting him know. Because if we didn't love him, we wouldn't praise him. <laughs> ah. When I throw my hands up and I just begin to exalt and I begin to pray, he's standing there with his lips puckered and he's ready to receive the kiss as we praise him and we love on him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we praise you again tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, now I feel good. I feel good. I love the feeling that I get when I get together with God's wonderful people and we begin to praise together. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight.